Disc golfers to the Hitting the Line podcast. This is the sixth installment of the second season, and I am joined by my brother as per usual, uh, Nas. How's it going, Nas? It's going good, Jad. Got to go out and play some disc golf today, so it's a beautiful day in my world. Hell yeah. We're coming off of the Texas swing where we just finished. Uh, the Texas State Championships, and Rick comes down with his sixth Texas States out of the six times he's ever played in his life. Um, so who would have predicted that, you know? Um, yeah, that's a, Did you that's watch a, it all weekend? Yeah, I did. I uh, followed along pretty closely and got to watch. Um, I think we were all kind of a little bit shook and taken back when Paul shot that blazing hot first round with the uh, yeah. kind of terrible weather. And then the next two rounds, he wasn't really able to put it together. And Rick just kind of kept shooting better and better. It seems like each, each round, I think he shot a little bit better from the first round of the third, and that was enough to get him the dub. So congrats to Ricky um, going down to the final, I think final couple holes there and winning it. So. Yeah. And um, me and John had talked our guests that we had on last weekend. Yeah. We both pretty much said Rick and Calvin are the two people who we think are most likely to win it. And guess what? It came down to Rick and Calvin. Definitely a Calvin type course where you need a lot of long um, power shots. And then, you know, Rick obviously has that in his game as well. So that's what we we're kind of hoping. And, you know, Rick's found his stride. He's found his putt. You know, all of the Paul Macbeth fanboys all over Twitter and such were saying, I mean, I mean, I listen to foundation podcasts sometimes, uh, you know, just to hear what's going on when everybody's saying, I promise you people on that podcast were caught cause they had like let people call in after Vegas and like, like the tournament after they were calling in and saying that Ricky's not the same. I think he's falling off. I promise they were given the Rick's falling oh, off of course. Uh, mantra after the first or second tournament. I couldn't fucking. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty incredible that, uh, and, and I listened to the pod you did last, last week, by the way, while I was on va- on vacation. So, uh, I want to say you did an awesome job and yeah, you guys hit it right on the head when you were talking about Calvin. That was something that I think we were all probably thinking. Um, something that I think we were not expecting though was uh, with the third place. But here, let's let's run run down the top 10 real quick. We had Ricky Wysocki in first. Uh, Calvin was in second, one stroke behind. So awesome, awesome round. Rick shot three strokes better the, fi- the final round to kind of wrap, wrap that up. In third place. I would have never thought I would have saw this name on this course, joke? but he was the course designer. Greg, oh, Greg Barsby. Barsby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going into the final round with a ton of Barsby hype, dude. I was just hoping some way he could squeak out a win. And he shot only one stroke worse than uh, Ricky. He actually shot two strokes better than Calvin. The final round, dude, it wasn't Barsby was balling his putt. Oh my gosh. He is like the, definition of someone who um their form especially putting form may not be ideal for every situation but when he has it dialed he just throws that nose down hyzer up into the air and watches it just fall into the change we saw him bang from 50 and 60 feet a couple of times i think that final 80 and then uh uh, calvin had a sweet one from 80 that was incredible yeah i was pissed Um, when he did that it was whole seven (laughs) yeah uh joel freeman and james conrad tied for fourth Jeremy Colling, another name you maybe didn't expect to see at this course, uh, mm. po- uh, popping off in sixth place. Gannon Burr, 
uh, played really well the entire weekend to finish at 16 down. Paul McBeth, who shot a blazing hot 51 the first round. It only took him one round up. to place top 10. Yeah, it took him one round to place top top 10. And then, but he didn't, I think he shot a 12 down uh, or 11 down. And then he didn't really get after it after that. He shot a, a 63 the second round and a 60 the third round to put him in eighth place. So that first round is really what did it for Paul there. Uh, if he just shoots a human first round, he's probably back in, you know, closer to 20. Um, but Paul McBeth, Chris Dickerson, and Emerson Keith tie for eighth. And then um, John Willis, someone who shot a blazing hot round the final day, jumped up way up to one round too, yeah. And it was that type of course. And I think when I was listening uh, to a different pod, they were saying this is the type of course where one good round can shoot you up like 40, 50 spots. And, and I think and this, I think this next course we're about to talk about is going to be the same way as well. Yeah. Uh, so John Willis and GT Hancock round up the top 11 and then – uh, shout out Nico for a 13th place uh, finish at 13 down with um, pretty consistent 59, 58, and a 59 to make himself and, a little bit And Nico's bit of not playing like no scrub right now. He keeps putting himself no. in the mix every week. I think in the rankings right now, he's 7th or 8th. So uh, he's still nice. a top 10 player in the world. So I kind of keep waiting for our boy to fall off as he grows in age. He's around my age, but it's awesome to see him still crushing. Uh, some notables maybe farther down towards the bottom. Uh, Adam Hammes in 50th place. I was bummed out about that. Um, who else we got in here? Matt Bell and Andrew Fish tied for 58th. Uh, let's see who else do we got here that jumps out at us. Bradley Williams, 85th place, did not shoot well. Um, Brody wow, was somewhere that's in, somebody you're in expecting the 60s in Texas as well. To play well too. Yeah, someone in Texas, the Texas Cactus himself. You expect him to play a little bit better than that. Um, so yeah, that was some kind of interesting, um, or rounds that I didn't think would happen. Thomas Gilbert had to DNF. Paul Uliberry had to DNF. Do we know why? Um, I see Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert was an injury. I think of some, some kind, cause he played the and first two after rounds. Round one, I think. Yeah, no, I, I was after round two. Cause he shot a 66 and a 62. Uh, Yuli didn't play at all. He was registered and then had nine, nine, nine for all three rounds. So something must've happened with him, maybe an injury or he was, Trying to heal I think, I think Yuli has been battling injuries. I think he said that a couple weeks ago when he was on, uh, which McCall it's on right now with Terry Smashbox. He was on a couple Smash weeks ago Smashbox. I think he said that he was battling yeah. some injuries and he's got such a full schedule. He's somebody who never stops with the schedule and he has full Jomez duties. So anytime yeah, totally. he can take a break, I'm sure he will. Yeah. Um, and again, the couple, yeah. And I mean, Kyle while you, while you pull 25th. up the FP, go ahead. Uh, just going to say Kyle Klein and a gang of dudes at 25th, uh, including Nate Sexton, who shot a pretty hot first round and then didn't really get off the ground the next two. Uh, Michael Johansson, shout out Michael Johansson. burned me that first round of my sixth. Yeah, totally. Uh, Kale LaVisca also in 25th. Andrew Mar Marweed and Mason fourth and 20th. So awesome little tournament. Uh, I actually really liked the course, Jed. What did you think about the course? And then we'll get into FPO. I, I've heard some mixed reviews about what people thought about that course. I I have also heard mixed reviews. I personally thought it was fine. Uh, um, I wasn't in love with it, but I couldn't really, I couldn't really point out the flaws that other people were um, pointing to. I mean, yeah. yeah, sure. I some of the holes might have blended together, but like you know, no signature feel. I've seen you and Evan yeah. were talking about that on Twitter. But I mean, 
it was cool because it was very attackable but very tough you still had to it was totally. a lot of the holes you still had to have like one or two really good shots really good um, shots and i that, thought they, there was a lot of them where you had to throw a unique line like there weren't just a ton of stock hyzers there was somewhere you had to like you know yeah, put it exactly where uh where it need where it needed to be otherwise you would a lot of landing somewhere. zone spots and if you weren't in that landing, landing zone zones. you didn't really have the approach to make the birdie yeah i i, I thought just like you just like we said uh it lacked a signature feel of like oh yeah you step on this hole and you know you're playing the because eight, 18 the, the wasn't thorn. it because no and i and i want to mention that right before we get into fpo 18 was not the signature hole feel it felt like it a little bit for fpo but for yeah. MPO, it was much, it played much different. The men were way easier um, to avoid the road on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because they could push it so far, so much, far, <laughs> so much farther out there. And that, which also means that they could put more angle on the disc, which means that it would be more likely to spike rather than roll down that yeah. hill. And then I, the men were also able to go forehand over the fence, which I did. Yeah. Didn't even realize was in play until I watched them throw because the women were not even trying that. I did not realize for the men it was really just two chip shots for the men to get to the basket. So 18 did not have the signature feel that you want, but the whole course uh, didn't really have a wire. signature Ricky, feel. Go ahead. You know, like how a right. course can have just like a feel of like, you know, you go to Beaver State Fling, you step up to any hole on that course and you know you're playing Beaver State Fling. Um, and I thought that, you know, for being a course that was actually last year's two courses put together, Greg helped make this course. So it's actually two separate courses that were put together to make one bigger. Yeah. Championship level course. Uh, and so I thought they did good for the land that's there. And that's, I always take that into account when I'm judging a course, it's like, is the land used well in general in this area? Um, well, well, and, and that, and that was the point well. too, was to use the land they wanted to to make room for spectators um as well yeah exactly that was that, the big that's the why big they made thing. it less wooded and and yep. those are the accommodations we have to make at least for the next couple of years i've yeah. been um you know listening around recently and it, it sounds like so uc maresma um did a podcast with foundation this week and um he was saying that you know the next couple of years it might seem like the, the pro purses are going to be lagging behind but that's because they want to disc golf pro he says disc golf pro tour is doing it right where they want to add a lot of money into the infrastructure and mm -hmm. the fan experience and more looking towards that those long-term goals um in order to uh you know you know because you don't want to give away all the money now we you gotta you gotta build the championship courses you gotta build the championship fan totally. experiences because i mean at the end of the day the ams the people who are going there are the ones who pay the pros um, and and I so. think too, it's an important thing to consider. One thing that has frust frustrated me about the growth so quickly recently is, I really do think a lot of that money needs to go to uh, local clubs, local courses, kind of the grassroots stuff of how to build a really good scene and how to get these parks and courses in to certain cities or areas. So I hope there is some money um, being put towards that. I just feel like the grassroots level local clubs, AMs. The everyday well, well, local clubs are the ones are the day. ones who put on the all these tournaments, the DGPT. Totally, events, yeah. So I hope the, series, the DGPT the is putting it, some so. money back back into them. You know, like investing in these uh, areas that have these courses and helping them get um, more courses put in or better courses, higher quality. So yeah, I thought the course was was nice and it was pretty fun to watch. So uh, in the FPO side. Paige Pierce took, I believe this is, was this her first win of the year? Kat's been yep, kind of yep. towards the top more. Paige shot 17 down with a 
blazing 10 20 first round that just lit everybody on fire. Yep. Uh, Kristen Tatar, uh, to Kristen and Katrina tied for second at 13 down. Uh, both just playing extremely consistent golf around 980 ish golf, 981. So that was pretty awesome to see. And then uh, in fourth place, Valerie Mondohano, who is making podium finishes and top five fi- uh, finishes every week now, it seems like, especially with her win. Uh, Missy Gannon and Owen Scoggins tied for fifth. Henna Bloom, Bloomroos in seventh. Uh, eighth place tied is Cat Merch and Maria Oliva. And then uh, we finally got uh, Kona to get a top 10 finish with at this course. Like I said, it takes one really, really good round. She shot a 62 the final round with a triple bogey uh, to shoot a 981 rated round that shot her up into the top 10. Without that triple bogey there, I mean, she would have shot into tied for fifth. So uh, in my mind, I'm racking that up as a top five finish, even though it was not because we know she was just that triple bogey away. I believe when I looked at her C1X, it was still only like 38 or 48%, which is not where you want to be. I think you want to be at least 50 on the F the FPO side. So I'm still waiting for her to kind of find that putt, but she seems to be gaining some confidence. And I think this past week's top 10 finish is going to uh, elevate her a little bit. So that wraps up the FPO scores for last week. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. it's it's something as me and John had mentioned last week and you and me had mentioned on this podcast. I remember going back to last year multiple times is that that fifth place spot for the FPO is going to start being a challenge. That's going to start being the goal. You're going to start seeing a lot of new names, whether it's yeah. Maria Oliva or Cat Merch, Cat Merch. or Kona or... I mean, Owen, um, Owen Hena, Scoggins. Owen yeah. Scoggins is back. Missy Gannon's back in the mix again. And yeah, I mean, it, it's cool to see all the new names. Um, I'm a Maria Oliva fan for sure. I think she. Uh, Her form really is so good. clean. Uh, so I was just say, she's just got clean form. Uh, she's also a power player in my. She steps opinion, up I quickly think. and throws. She doesn't like Three, waste a lot of time thinking. Is, 360. Feet is no problem in her range. Um, she's also when she's confident, she has uh, one of the best putts in the FPO. Um, she has now made lead card back to back tournaments. Uh, of course, it didn't end up didn't turn out well either time. Both times she's on lead card, she kind of fell apart. Maybe the pressure's too much. She's young, it's still new. Cat merch, um, as we see, she can score. Man, she can score. Yeah, she can. Kona's feeling it again. So FPO is getting competitive and it's really fun to watch. It's really so, exciting to um, watch oh, and by every the, week. Yeah. And by by the way, hot take uh Paige Pierce is back. Um before we even get into the next tournament, I'm predicting Paige Pierce for the next couple of tournaments. I think she's feeling herself right now. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it's, it's been a battle between Paige, Kristen, and Kat. So uh, here's a a spicy fact that I read earlier this, maybe today. Uh, Ev- uh, Evelina, the past two tournaments, has led in strokes gained from the tee. Believe and that. has been dead last in the strokes gained putting last two weeks. That. Yeah, I, I believe show, those both And it was, I think, good enough for 20... Oh, she was down there a bit. Um, where'd she go? Yeah, she was down there beyond, you know, 20. I, I don't even see her name right now. I'm looking for her. Oh, she finished 27th at plus eight. So, you know, she finished 25 strokes behind Paige. And, uh, you know, the Euro women are here. Uh, Kristen is the one who is kind of rose to the top as the cream of that crop. But we'll see as the season continues, who else can make a splash? She's so, so consistent. Yeah. Yeah, Kristen. So, is so while Kristen is really consistent, I, I 
I can't help but every time I see her tee off, I just the hop step, man, in that in that backhand. I don't know about it long. It works term, for her. It, I don't it know works. about it long. I think, I think, I think it, it works for, for FPO here and now. I think it works. Yeah, but um, I worry about max power and I worry about accuracy with it. But I think she's generally time. pretty accuracy. But you're right; she doesn't have a ton of power. Um, I mean, it's she has plenty for oh for the yeah, field, plenty for but, FPO you know. right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah Anyways, yeah. let's get into what we got going on this week. We are in Nashville, Tennessee, um, for the Music City Open. We're going to be at Mill Ridge Park where last year Ricky Wysocki and um, Mason Ford went into a playoff. Now we played two courses last year. This year it's only the one. Uh, and and Haley King got a win. Did she? Nice. I did not I did not last, look at the FPO. Year, yeah. Speaking of Haley, and then Haley King is still there for that fourth and that third and that fifth place spot. So, um, I mean, man. She has FPO's not been playing recently. I'm not sure why. She's not registered for this tournament right, right now. Um, going into this week, the highest rated golfer is uh, Evelina and Henna. And then you've got Missy, Jessica Weiss, Macy Va- Valadez, Natalie Ryan, Holly Finley. Yes. Uh, so a handful of people are, are taking this tournament off. It's another silver yeah. series we got for the music city open this week. Same thing on the MPO side. We're not going to see Ricky or Paul. Um, yep. But again, Ricky lost in the playoff last year. I believe it was on hole one against Mason and it was kind With of that like weird a goof, putt. It was a goofed putt where he was like yeah. circles edge, but somehow didn't seem to run. It was short. weird. It was some, yeah. yeah. That was but anyways. Um, so yeah, we are back again. Weather seems like it'll be okay. I believe on Saturday, there's a small chance of rain and the winds might pick up a little bit, but I think Friday and Sunday, they're going to be okay. Um, our lines for prize picks aren't, up right now at this moment but nas tell us about all of our sponsors could you yeah as you can see if you are watching us on the live stream which most of you are not but uh we want to shout out our sponsors first of all of course prize picks if you log on to prize picks you can bet on disc golf and that's what we are doing this week uh when you go on to prize picks if you use the promo code htl they will match your first deposit up to 100 dollars, and that's money that you can use right away to make your entries this week uh, i also want to shout out till death disc club you see i've got the hat right here a brand new one uh till death in the triangles around the skull there and on the back disc golf for life till death I just love that motto. I think it's a great way to think about disc golf because it's a life, a lifetime sport. So uh, then I'm also rocking my dark ace shirt. Um, and if you want to use the promo code, let me rewind a bit. Uh, HTL pod. If you go to till death disc club and use the promo code HTL pod, you will get 15% off your order. Um, I'm rocking my dark ace shirt here as well. Uh, whether it's my shirt, my sweatpants, one of my two hoodies, one of my two long sleeve shirts from Dark Ace, uh, they kind of fuse the two worlds that I love the most, which is heavy metal music and disc golf. You can head onto their site and use the promo code HTL and you can get a discount off some of their sweet gear as well. So thank you to our sponsors for supporting us and believing in us. Uh, they make this show happen. So yeah, check out that fly gear. Yes, sir. Dope, dope. Back to Nashville. So we're at Mill Ridge. Um, majority of the holes have changed, if not all of them. Um, still similar type of course. I mean, it's the same course. So the course type is the same. It's relatively open. There are some lines you have to hit, and there's a plenty 
of artificial OB um, virtually on like yeah. every hole. There's going to be some artificial yeah, yeah. OB to play. So while it does seem to be very attackable, just like our course last week, uh, there's also plenty of chances um, for lots of bogeys and worse. Yeah, I, th I think um, too. So, uh, while our lines this, aren't up, go ahead. I was going to say just with this week, without Paul and Rick being there, I think even though we don't have the lines in front of us, I think we might expect maybe some of our lines to be a little bit um, inflated, uh, meaning that I think they're going to probably have things that are right, you know, three, four, five below par. And I think this this week could be where you kind of uh, pick and choose your golfers of who you think is going to have the hot the the hot day. Um, cause I'm looking at the lineup and without Ricky and Paul there, you know, our highest rated golfers, Chris Dickerson, Adam Hammes, Kyle Klein, Kevin Jones, Nico LaCastro. Uh, we still have a pretty good selection of folks who are going to be here. Just missing some of those top, top names. Yeah. Um, who do you, Sorry. I mean, there, uh, I was just going to, I was just going to ask for a prediction, um, I mean, we're not into making predictions, but without some of these top guys here, to me, this seems like a Dickerson type of course. Seems yeah, like a course he might. That's shoot what I was at. thinking. Yeah, he's the type of player that yeah, I think I want he Kevin Jones to rebound. I've been waiting distance. for it. Yeah, I think I think Kevin yeah, Jones, I mean, uh, Dickerson is like he's got that sneaky ability where when when you're on a longer course, you don't think of Dickerson as someone who can bomb, but he has just enough arm. Uh, to get to where he needs to be and to shoot really hot. And we know if he's within 40 feet of the basket, he can make it. So uh, Dickerson's been playing excellent so far this year. So I think he's someone that we could see uh, take it down. Um, two, of our, two of our other highest rated players, uh, Adam Hamas and Kyle Klein, this this could be a week where they finally get to pop a little bit. Uh, and then I would like to see Nico take, take down a silver series. I mean, he's right there as the sixth highest rated player at this tournament. He's, I think, sixth or seventh or eighth overall so far in the standings. He took 13th place this past week. So he's someone we might look to make a little splash as well. Are the European women um, playing this tournament or they, are they leaving right now? I think I thought. No, they are. They are playing a little bit off. So Kristen's going to uh, be the there. two two highest rated players are Evelina and Henna. Uh, and then as I scroll down a bit, they might be the only Euros. Who are gonna be? Yeah, Kristen Tatar is not there. Uh, our highest rated players are Evelina, Henna, Missy, Paige, uh, Jess not there. Katrina uh, Jessica Weiss, Macy Veladiaz, and then you got Ella Hansen a little far uh, farther down. Cat Cat Merch is playing. Stacy Ronsley is playing. Um, so yeah, still a pretty good field. So 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 what what we're seeing here from from both the MPO and especially it seems like the FPO is that they're take, kind of taking these Silver Series events off. And I know that there's the Tallahassee yeah. Open next weekend, which a lot of people are taking off again um, because we have the Champions Cup, which is going to be our first major of the year coming up in two weeks in Appling, Georgia. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's April 15th through the 17th in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, I think, but you're right, it's actually closer to to Appling. That is at the International Disc Golf Center, the uh, Disc Golf Hall of Fame. A beautiful course. If you have never gotten down there, there are three courses on the property. I've only played uh, the shortest, easiest one. I played a tournament there back in like 2011, I think. Uh, beautiful place to go play like your stereotypical like classic disc golf course with long wooded fairways um fair fairways but then lots of thick woods it's just to me it's one of the most beautiful places you you can play and i think it really tests our golfers and makes sure that only uh the best can win there so i'm really excited about the champions cup and to see 
the level of talent that we have now on course. I think the last time I saw a tournament at this course was a few years ago. So the talent level is high. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they do at the Champions Cup. Um, yeah, so, you, so you're going to see a slow oh, couple weeks. Go ahead. I was going to say, yep, so we're no, going to see a slow yeah, couple yeah. weeks here, a couple series series. Um, the only people that are really going to be sticking around are the people who may or may not need points. Like I know Ezra and Brody have been playing like shit, and guess what? They're both playing uh, this event. So the players who may need points may stick around. The other ones who don't maybe won't. And then um, it's going to be lit at our first uh, major in a couple of weeks. Uh, what were you saying, Nas? Um, what was I saying? That is a good question. Uh, no, I, I was just going to comment that, um, you know, when we have these kind of smaller stops in between, it can be nice, though, because you can watch someone else pop off. You know, this might be the week that mm -hmm. Kyle Klein or Kevin Jones gets gets a dub, or you might see someone like Brody splash and make a top 10. Uh, so I'm still really excited about the Silver Series. I believe they're only Agreed. worth a quarter of the points. Quarter of the points. Uh, the normal, at least that's how it was before. But, uh, I mean, this this course looks like a, a lot of fun. So I think it's going to be really, really, really uh, entertaining still. So Agreed. So, yeah, no um, exact – um, advice for prize picks other than pick who you think is going to play hot. I think a nine ish down is going to come in really hot ways. And if you have to wait till round two to start making some of your selections so you can actually see the course being played. Um, and I also always recommend right now, Brody and Ezra are putting out practice rounds. So if you want to see exactly what the course looks like before you put your money in play, uh, go ahead and do that. Find them on YouTube. Um, nah, yeah, since, what, since, okay. since we don't have uh, lines, I was going to say, let's uh, check in on our bankroll update on our $100 bankroll challenge. Uh, just like you said, is nothing wrong with waiting till after that first round to see what folks are doing and how folks are playing. Uh, the first round of last week, I uh, don't believe I played that well. It was the second round, or my uh, entries did not hit well. But in the second round, uh, I was able to hit, I think, two out of – I think I, I was two two for two the second day. And so my current bankroll challenge is up to 150. That is a 50% return so far. So we started off with 100. I'm currently at 150. Um, I've only been doing $5 entries this entire time. And I usually only do one to three, um, uh, uh, entries per round. So, um, playing it safe, but when I hit, they've been like my four and five pick flexes have been hitting. I, uh, when I miss, it's usually just missing one on the flex. So I'm still getting 1.5 back, which is nice. So, um, the bankroll challenge is going good. I'm going to continue my strategy of kind of playing it safe, looking for overs like, uh, last week, after round one, to me, it was obvious that Garrett and Evelina were going to be overs. And then I picked Kat for an over because uh, I just thought that she played an okay first first round and that she could hit her over and still shoot a top five score. Um, yep. And that happened as well. So the overs were really nice to me last week. Uh, I tried to believe in Paul a little bit too much after that hot first round in the tougher we uh, weather. He went out and laid a couple eggs, which if he would have just gone out and shot two or three strokes, worse than his first round, I would have been, uh, to the moon and I would be over, uh, probably 200 and something dollars today, but yeah. And I think that's something to, um, there's something to be said about waiting for the second or third day to make your picks, because a lot of the times I imagine these picks are just coming out based on how the players had shot previously, um, uh, piggybacking off what you were saying, uh, Nate sex. So I originally had Nate Sexton as an over. So did I. Uh, it was some, yeah. And so he goes out and we miss it by one stroke. I think they're predicting him to shoot a four down. He ends up shooting a five down. 
And when it's I looked solid. at his scores and when you follow on disc golf network, it, it was solid. That was kind of what I'm getting at. I was like his C1X was a hundred percent and he had no boogies round one. If I recall correctly, yeah. I'm like, yeah. is he really going to be able to do that for the second and third round? So I hammered the over again. Uh, eventually third round, I was able to cash in on that. I ended up breaking even on the whole week. Um, right now my bankroll sitting at, let me see here two, um, 285 and I'm in for 258. So I'm slightly above 10%. So you're booling right now. You're up 50%. I'm balling. Uh, killing it. I'm up still a little bit more than 10%. So that's still great. Uh, so we're still alive. We're doing well. Um, I gotta, I gotta just remember to rein my picks back a little bit and not put so much myself out there right away. Gotta but, be safe. Hey, gotta be safe. Hey, hey, we're both still up and we're both having fun and um, that's what matters. So um, if we can provide value to you guys in any way, um, we think that's really cool because I mean, we're out here gambling on disc golf and making a profit and we're showing you. So I think that's yeah. cool. We're Anyways. having fun out here and that's what this is all about. And I don't want folks out there thinking that, you know, we think we're uh, smarter than the system and that, you know, we're these huge winners and, uh, but, you know, I think with disc golf just being so small that if you are someone who is into disc golf and you're paying, you attention. have probably, yeah, if you're paying attention you have just as much, if not more, knowledge uh, about the game than the people probably making the lines, or at least we're probably so just looking at data too. Yeah, and and I and I think that uh, you know the average Joe who follows disc golf pros uh, can come out and have a little bit of fun. You have a little bit of sweat, and when you have a little bit of cash on on the uh, line, you instantly pay a little bit more uh, attention. You're watch live Udis. disc golf. You're watching live. You know, there's a lot of cool things going on in our sport. So. That's what it all comes down to is just having fun and watching this, this game grow. Uh, and that's what we aim to uh, do each week. So thanks for all of you guys who are following along. NASDAQ, anything outside of disc golf pro tour going on in your disc golf world? Uh, I've got a tournament Saturday at Tom Pierce as part of the amateur disc B-tier. golf. Yeah. B tier. Uh, there's a bunch of new holes in it. Tom Pierce, Jed, you might not know about uh hole two, the par four position, you know, where that backup oh, T-pad is. That. I can't stand but, that. No, that's being but played. get this. They also moved the pin on hole two back another 60 feet. No, it's impossible. Yes, it's hard. Dude, it's, it's so one of the hard. it's one of the toughest par fours that's I've hard, ever played. No, that's, if, that's immediately the hardest hole in the course now. If you are lucky, your first drive gets up to the original T-pad. And yeah. then you have to throw from, like and then that was already one of the hardest birdies on the course. Anyway, that's already <laughs> one of the hardest birdies that you're sometimes taking a four on. And then hole three, when it's in the par four position, there's another tee pad. Now that's a little lower down. And there's a sign yeah, that a says more, when, when in the par four position, play the lower one. Uh, but they have a new basket there. Hole five. Uh, they, they moved it back. They moved it back to that spot and it was sweet. I uh, put a shot about pin deep that you might've saw on my Instagram, uh, Heiser flip through the woods. It immediately turns into now, Jed, one of uh, the best holes on the course, in my opinion. You have to hit a really nice gap. Turn has to be turning through the gap to even have have a chance. So you have to throw a touch, a touchy nice shot, and I've, it felt so nice to just peer it. Um, so they changed that, and then like hole sixteen, which is already the shortest, e- uh, easiest hole on the course, they moved that to the shorter position. And hole one is in the shortest position possible as well. So it's a unique setup where there's some longer stuff and then some stuff that's in the shortest positions I've ever seen them. So uh, I think it'll be a fun tournament. I'm just hoping out to go out and shoot my rating. 
Putt felt good today, although I do have some elbow pain after you can, throwing. You can easily shoot your rating. You, you, boy, you better shoot under par there. Anything under I'm par hoping, is probably man. 940. Yeah, yeah, totally. And if, you know, some some way you get crazy hot and shoot a 7, 8, or a 9, you're flirting with that's that 1,000 rating. So. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Um, That and what else? Uh, Played disc golf in Bishop, California this past week. Uh, when I was on vacay, we did a little climbing, little fishing, uh, played disc golf every day. Jed, if Looks you fun. and, uh, if you and Jamie go, there's a campground you can camp at, uh, across the street from the disc golf course. It's $14 a night. Or if you want to splurge and stay at the, uh, the campground where the course actually is, it's across the street, it's 30 bucks a night. You get showers and there's a free disc golf course. That's really fun. Uh, nice. one of the most fun park courses I've played in a while. Where is that? Uh, in Bishop. Okay. Probably about, I don't know, two hours, three hours south of you. Um, okay. I would get out there the first chance you get to go out and play disc golf there and camp. Me and, and Jamie fit. got, or she's got a couple tournaments coming up. So we oh, nice. played a tournament last weekend. Oh, yeah. Tell um, us about this. This one, is what the one, pod's been waiting one for. Stroke, one stroke off my first thousand rated round podcast. I almost beat, I almost shot the same as the best pro there landon landon showed up he dm me the shout night out before. yeah shout out landon mortensen uh use code landon uh if you want to buy a squatch bag That's squatch bags yep um anyways he shot a 10 down i shot a nine i started off eight for 11 <laughs> this, what this, listen this 19 year old kid so cocky he's I just, Jamie was just like, she found it so cute. She's like, oh, babe, that means he was following your score. Cause he goes, after round, he goes, bro, you started off eight for 11 and you only finished nine down. You're trash. You know how he is. <laughs> <laughs> you started eight but for yeah, 11, only finished nine. I started down. off eight down after the first 11 holes. Dude, my heart was pounding. I started off five for five. My heart was pounding, dude. I'm like, no way. I was like, I know this course is scorable. But I was like, but dude, I'm feeling it right now. What was uh, the course, course like? Was was it was it a temp course or is that course always? It was really there? good vibes. He's starting to put it in. He's building it on. That was his second tournament ever. Um, he's put there. Um, pretty wide open course. There's a lot of um, uh, what are those trees called? What's that tree called? No, what's that tree called that Maria, our old neighbor, had in her front yard? Oh, I don't remember. They look like blueberries grow on them. It's not blueberries. The little blue thingies. Oh, ju- uh, juniper? junipers. Yep. 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 So juniper trees everywhere, but lava rocks literally everywhere throughout oh, the whole yeah. course. Tear up your disc. So you have to, you have to, yeah. So you have to watch your feet and this and that. But anyways, most holes were relatively open. Um, so I was throwing hyzer on almost everything, whether it was forehand or backhand. Um, but it was really fun. <laughs> Very first hole. So fun card fun vibes because it was a really small c tier not a lot of people showed up so i asked the tournament director if me and jamie could play in the same car the first round he was cool with it so just you know for anybody out there who's like new to tournament golf or just any in general is to me my best game and this sounds corny but my best game 100 always comes with the best vibes do not beat yourself up by your shots like don't think about how hard you need to try going into that round like you have to be able to conversate with the people on your card have a good time else you're just not going to play that well at least that's my experience so anyways it's me it's me jamie and kevin canfield on a card yeah oh that's an awesome card dude so we're just vibing the whole time hole one i park way it's like a 300 foot sidearm a park with a phantom sword jamie throws her thunderbird out there about 200 feet and then bro hole one her approach shot pulls out her uh her gauge which is essentially a rock if you guys oh, don't yeah. know no it's not it's more, Four, it's more understandable four, than that it's like a mako three okay. 
Okay, forehands it and is going straight towards the basket the whole way. She's two inches short of putting it in the basket. She hits the rim on hole one. Oh. We're all just like, oh, shit. Like, that just starts like off the, the card right. Dude, you know? it was the perfect way to start the card. She almost rung it up from 150 feet away uh, with a mid-range forehand. So, uh, yeah. it was. Anyways, good time. I shot amazing. Super happy about and, it. She's got two tournaments won, coming right? up. And I won and my won. first M1 tournament. How yeah, I averaged about 965. Am... Only four or How five. Many Hey, I averaged 965. Enough. If it was a full tournament, it was it would have been good enough to take, you know, maybe third place or something. But yeah, totally. That's uh, nothing to scoff at. And I think the highest average rounds you've shot at a tournament. So congrats. The either of us have shot, I think. Um, yeah, I got to get that jab in there. Have you averaged 965 for a tournament yet? For a tournament? I don't know about 965, maybe like 955 or 950. But uh, I don't know about yeah, for yeah. average for a whole tournament, but you only played two rounds. You didn't play no three rounds. Right. Nothing. No, you no, weren't. No. Yeah. Well, no, like that. Nothing like that. But, it was a quick. So, you know, you got, you got a little hot. That's about it. Yeah. For one round. Second round was full <laughs> 20 plus mile hour gust. And I realized what the pros are going through. Cause that was my first time doing it. Um, yeah. So Jamie, we signed her up for an all women's tournament next weekend. Uh, it's our anniversary oh, weekend sweet. and it's near her parents' place in Placerville. So, Oh, cool. I'm going to caddy for her there. It's an all-women's tournament. And then in like two or three weeks, she's playing Condon, a.k.a. home of Greg Barsby. Um, Ooh, it's an A-tier. We were able rally. to get her in there because, yeah, we were able to get her in there because they hold the spots for women. So, obviously, all, men were all filled. So, Jamie's got an A-tier coming up in like less than a month. That's so, that's super awesome. exciting. So, I'll be caddying for her there as well. So, nothing good for me coming up, but if Jamie's playing and I get to see some. No, yeah, this is my only tournament coming up right now, but... uh yeah, um, coming up on the pod, Jed, I know in a month you'll be heading off to start Firework. Uh, I've talked to Tyler Brickley. He might come on and do an episode. Yeah, I uh, talked to Carlos today at Tom Pierce. He was showing up for dubs. <laughs> I was leaving. You got to get so, Lowe's on there. Yeah, you got to get him. So um, uh, I started on seven, so I'm finishing up on six. Uh, throw a couple nice drives with my putter on six, actually. And uh, I'm near the basket and I'm putting. And of course, yeah, I, I don't even see him. I just hear him. He goes, that's right. You better be practicing. <laughs> <laughs> he's t- <laughs> and then, of course, he's like, you want to get ripped? And I'm like, no, man, yeah. I'm good, you know. Um, but yeah, he was uh, out there. Having, and I said, hey, man, do you want to come on the pod? I might need a guest soon. And he's like, yeah. And so who knows? We might have Carlos come on the pod. If you, you guys, guys are going to love Los, just wait. Streamlab. Yeah. I was like, Hey man, you can, you can um, come on the pod. Tell me who you think is going to win and why it's not Nate Sexton. So if we can get him to tell us <laughs> Nate Sexton's story on the pod, it's going to be must. The, That's a must. That's a gold. Yeah. It's, it's, you need to get awesome. him to tell the Nate Sexton story. So we'll have to come up with some guests. You have to put, put me on with uh, the guy you had on last, last week. Yes, sir. Uh, and yeah. I think uh, we're probably starting to wrap things up here. I want to remind everyone to check out our sponsors, Dark Ace Apparel, um, of course, uh, blah, 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 Till Death Disc Club, uh, Prize Picks, and uh, hit us up on Twitter. We are at underscore hitting the line on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us there. Uh, you can find me and Jed also tweeting and retweeting from that account at HT Nasser for me. And Jed, yours is at JDisc4407. That's right, at jdisc44007 on both Twitter and TikTok, if that's your jam. The TikTok king. Uh, yeah, and then, um, yeah, that wraps it up for us. So I think we'll see everyone next week. Uh, and, yeah, signing off. Peace. Peace.